With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogman Sports. I'm joined by Pat Fitzmortz, as always, at Fitz underscore FF. Today, we're going to be uh, uh, bringing you um, free agent movements and what it's going to do to our rankings. Fitz, how's your weekend, man? How you doing? Great, Boggs. Well, other than losing my Wisconsin Badgers in uh, the NCAA basketball tournament and pretty much having my brackets go up in flame in every pool I was in. Other than that, I'm doing fantastic and uh, I'm ready to turn the page from college basketball to football. Just a normal march, right? Uh, Where your uh, bracket is completely flamed. Well, (laughs) today on the show to talk about these free agent uh, signings and the movement and all that good stuff. We're bringing in John Hetzterman. John uh, is a featured DFS writer at fantasy pros and you write for at DL football. John, what is going on? My friend, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to getting into some of this. This has been quite the off season so far. So uh, there's a lot of implications that ripple around. So this is going to be a lot of fun to go through. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff to go through, a lot of movement in these rankings, right in the middle of baseball too, Pat, so we have been extra, extra busy, Uh, but before we get into the meat of the show, I want to remind you guys, we have a giveaway for Javante Williams' autographed jersey we are doing right now. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros, take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynastycontest, that's fantasypros.com slash dynastycontest, and you are entered into win. Do it ASAP as this contest does end in March, and if you haven't been on our YouTube channel, you should check it out. Uh, All you got to do is go to youtube.com slash fantasypros. This podcast is also on our YouTube channel, uh, along with, you know, every podcast outlet, um, it, all the other podcasts, quick hitting videos, live streams. Uh, we're doing uh, Fantasy Fest today as we're recording this today. So there's always something going on at the Fantasy Pros YouTube. Uh, please subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out and click the bell to get notified of our latest content so you don't miss any of our podcasts. So without further ado, Fitz, John, let's get into these quarterbacks and let's just start out with a banger. Uh, Deshaun Watson getting traded to Cleveland for a boatload of picks going back to Houston. They also signed Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Baker Mayfield it has submitted his trade request. Doesn't seem like it's going very swimmingly. 
for him right now, but um, I have moved down personally. I moved Deshaun Watson up uh, from 13 to 5. Uh, I moved Mayfield to 26 from 23. John, you're the guest. I will let you go here. Uh, how are you moving Deshaun Watson on your dynasty board? And, um, you know, Baker Mayfield obviously takes a giant hit here as well. Yeah, Mayfield definitely takes a slam. There's not seeing a lot of interest as far as chatter around the league right now for him. And the the spots for a starting job are kind of dwindling away. So he's kind of he's tanked a little bit for me right now. Obviously, that'll change when we get some clarity. But I've moved Watson up into that quarterback eight, nine range uh, for dynasty purposes right now. There's still, you know, muddy water here about how this is going to be handled. So bringing in Brissett and the way they structured the deal, like it's all but a foregone conclusion that he's going to miss some time. It's just how much and when. So I still think for for his age and what he represents to a team that's kind of built more in win now mode than than he than the Texans ever were with him there. So yeah, I think landing him in that just inside that top 10 range is is pretty adequate. Yeah, and personal opinion obviously plays a big role in Deshaun Watson here fits and if if you guys can't stand Deshaun Watson, take him off your list. I have no issues with that whatsoever. You know, the first things first with fantasy, it's supposed to be fun. If you can't enjoy taking a guy, don't put him in your rankings. I completely understand that, but uh I mean taking the off-field stuff away, which is still, like John mentioned, is still murky right now, but the criminal charges seem to uh, be gone. That's why the Cleveland Browns just made him, gave him the most guaranteed money in NFL history, more than anybody, which to me was a little bit insane because it's not all the way settled. And, you know, one more allegation uh, would be wrong. You think 22 out there, there could easily be a 23, 24, 25, but Fitz, uh, moving Watson has been tough. We mentioned it before. So where did you move him? And then the Baker Mayfield fallout is rough as well. So I've got Watson at QB seven. Now, as John mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen to him. We know there's going to be some sort of suspension. It's just a matter of how long. And, you know, we've seen him be a top five quarterback consistently when he has played full seasons. And I think that's about what his value is going to be. Aside from Josh Allen, there's no better combination of running and passing in any quarterback in the league. Um, So immensely valuable. I suspect the Browns will not continue to be as run heavy as they have been now that they have a lethal passer helming the offense. So yeah, I think quarterback seven is pretty reasonable for him and Mayfield like I've got him down at 34. I mean, I just I don't blame you. Maybe the NFL is just telling us this guy's a backup, that there is really no interest. Everyone else filled in with Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, basically, as as we record this on Monday, March 22nd, the Panthers and Baker Mayfield expressed mutual disinterest in each other. <laughs> so, I mean, that who does that leave? Seattle. That's it. Yeah. And if Seattle doesn't want Baker, Baker's going to be a backup somewhere in 2022. And the rumor uh, today, as we're recording this, I saw it like five minutes before we started here, is that the Browns may have to attach a pick to get rid of Mayfield. 
which is just, I mean, that's something you see in baseball moves <laughs> a, with the game repeat, contracts. A repeat of their Brock Osweiler trade, basically. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 was the memory that got brought up for me too. Yeah, the Baker's gonna have like have to have a come to Jesus talk with his ego about how this goes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, our buddy Gary, who we had on last week, is a Browns fan, and uh, he's having a tough time with this Watson trade. And he also said, hey, look, you know, uh, um, the Panthers uh, were in on uh, Deshaun, too, and uh, so were the Falcons. And you didn't see Sam Darnold going to to Twitter to write anything. You didn't see an IG post from Matt Ryan, right? So, you know, it's the immaturity that has been the issue for Mayfield. Uh, the play has been okay, but the immaturity, uh, is rough. Uh, the other QB moves here, we, I mean, there's this whole slew of them, so I'll just run through them guys. Um, Russell Wilson obviously traded to, uh, to Denver. They also signed Josh Johnson. Now, right now, Drew Locke is the starter in Seattle. They could draft someone. They could trade for Baker Mayfield. Uh, those could happen. Matt Ryan traded to the Colts. And then Atlanta to replace him signed uh, Marcus Mariota. Trubisky signed with the Steelers. Mason Rudolph, thank God, is back to the bench. Uh, Carson Wentz traded to Washington two times in two years. There's pretty much no market for Jimmy G, and Jameis did end up re-signing with the Saints. So lots of QB movement here, John. So um, uh, let's first get your thoughts on Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think uh, Russ should be in that top 12 range uh, for QBs right now. Good playmaker. Now has a complete set of weapons. Um, Javante, Sutton, Judy, Albert O. I mean, that's Albert O. That That's telling the Broncos felt good enough to let Fant walk uh, and keep Albert O. So that seems to bode well for what he's going to represent in that offense. I, I like the defense. It's It's built better. So I think he's put in a positive position. I think he upgrades the people around him which is uh, always a good thing when, when it comes to your quarterback, when you know they're going to elevate the play of the receivers around him. And I just, I could see Russ finally getting an opportunity to cook, you know, an opportunity to throw 30 plus pass attempts a game where I think last year averaged around 28 and a half uh, per contest. I could see him in that 35 ish range if they want to let him, let him go after it. Fitz, your thoughts on Russ. I've got him at 14. Um, the only uh, quote unquote old guy, the guy that was born in the same decade as me uh, that I have above him is Stafford b just because, you know, they keep adding weapons um, and he averaged over 23 points a game uh, last year. But I don't have him inside that top 12. I just got I, I still believe in Lawrence. I've got Lawrence ahead of him. Um, I've got Trey Lance and his potential and fields. This guys that run. Uh, ahead of Russ, uh, and they're much, much younger than him. So is he a QB1 to you as well, or is he on that fringe? Just barely. Sounds like I'm in the same place with him as John is. I've got him at quarterback 12, and it's mainly that he has not run for a while. But I do think they're going to open up the pantry for Russ and let him cook, finally give him those high-quality ingredients, those uh, herbs and spices he needs to... <laughs> chef it up in Denver. So I think that's the reason maybe I, I bumped him up maybe like one spot. In right. My yeah. Rankings, you know, not a, not a major sea change for his overall dynasty outlook. Right. Uh, I, I like that. And uh, when we get into these lower tier quarterbacks, and just so you guys know for all of the list, when it looks like myself and Fitz have big different numbers, it's because Fitz has included the rookies in his rankings. I just, I don't do it until, 
the draft. So I will rank these guys. I'll rank the players, but I don't put them in with the other guys. Just team has so much content, uh, context, and it it drives me crazy. Uh, oh, John, come on. You don't, you don't like changing it like three times a day? No, I do not. Especially <laughs> I, I'm doing uh, ECR baseball rankings as well right now, too, yeah. and the free agents all flooded in in one week. So Welsh and I are doing hell week. I mean, it's just it's, it's a whole thing <laughs> right now. My brain is melting. Uh, John, do you do you uh, have those guys in there or do you um, do you not do it until after the draft as well? I shore them up a little bit more after the draft. Uh, okay. So I, I don't have them completely included. Um, I've got the top couple, I think, included in there right now, but it's not a full list until we get past the draft. So I just operate that way because I'm adverse to like shuffling things around twice a week or three times a day or whatever the case may be. (laughs) It's completely understandable. Uh, Moving down this list, uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts. I moved him up from 33 to 28. Uh, Mariota signing with the Falcons. I moved from 29 to 34. I put Trubisky up to 22. Now that we know he's a starter, I think the guy has some wheels. There's good weapons in Pittsburgh. Uh, a, a thing that a lot of people overlook is I think the only team that had less time leading in the NFL last season in terms of clock time was Jacksonville against Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of garbage time uh, in Pittsburgh. So uh, a lot of that was just been Big Ben being horrific last season. Uh, and then Carson Wentz, I moved him... Uh, one spot down to 30. I don't think that much change from him going from Indy uh, to Washington. So uh, your movement on Matt Ryan, Mariota, Trubisky, and Wentz, John, what do you look on those for? So Matt Ryan is still like, he's in that same range for me. I've got him in that, that 25, 26 range is kind of where I have him right now. Um, I do think he, he kind of improves like where he moved to as far as having, not having the defense breathing down his face the whole time. Like, I think the pass attempts might actually come down because he's not going to like every play is not going to be, well, we're two touchdowns down now. Right. So, yeah, they've got a defense to play with. He's got an offensive line that can protect him. And I know we said the same thing about Wentz last year about having an upgrade in in offensive line. So I do think the pass attempts might come down a little bit. And that's why I've kind of been hesitant to move him up too much. But uh, he's, he's definitely got some improvements there. So I moved him up a little bit. Uh, Let's see. Carson Wentz. I I've got him right, right around where you do. I've got him at 30. So yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't bump him too much one way or the other. Um, I think he's going to game manage his way there. I did bump as far as like ancillary pieces. I do think this is good for McLaurin. Okay. I think this, I think this might be the best quarterback he's had so far. And Which so I'm kind of curious. To see. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious to see how, how he responds there. And Mitch, Mitch, I'm a little more aggressive on. I've got him up at uh, at, at 20. Ooh. I've got him up at QB 20. The The fact that Tomlin stressed the need for mobility, um, which Mitch so can much. do. Yeah. yeah, like that was such a big crucial point for him that I think they're going to let him unlock that side of his play, which he definitely has. And Nagy always gave him the bad boy kind of treatment when he would you know, get creative and escape the pocket. <laughs> and I think Tomlin's going to embrace that and, and let him go. And I, I like the weapons that he's got like this same Trubisky back in what was it? 2019. And I'm, I'm I should have looked this up. Uh, he threw it to Allen Robinson, what 150 plus times. Right. Yeah. So they've got Deontay Johnson. So um, he's got Najee Harris. And I think that same year back in, in 19, he force fed Tariq Cohen over hundred targets. Like he's not afraid to get the, hit the guy that's open. I, I think he's got 
in that top 20 like upside maybe a yeah. little crazy on it no i've got him at 22 fits you're probably gonna be low man on mr trubisky here uh fits was firing some messages at me before we started here we're gonna have some healthy debate uh, I believe the quote was so uh, I love it t- when we argue Bogman. I love I it love when it. we argue. So I yeah, um I've got I've got Wentz 30th, Trubisky 31st, uh Matt Ryan 32nd. So those guys are I I would put them into the waiting to be replaced category with all those guys, Trubisky, Ryan and Wentz. Like Ryan, you know, he's he's being phased out. This might be his last year as a starter. I mean, he's almost Wentz- my age. You know, so his <laughs> NFL career is not much longer. So, you know, the the Colts took one look at Wentz, uh, had him for a year and said, no, thanks. We're, we <laughs> want to do something else at quarterback. Trubisky is the one guy maybe I'm short selling here. He does have great weapons. He's intriguing. Maybe he was just mishandled by Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears coaching staff. So I do have a little bit of hope for him. Although I'm not sure what it's going to look like if the Steelers can't get that line rebuilt this year. That's going to be a problem. But uh, I do have those three guys behind five rookies as of now. Um, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Coral, and I'm not necessarily giving these in order. Willis, Coral, Ritter, Pickett, and uh, Howell. Howell, thank you. And yeah. so, like, I'm okay with these guys if if you need – in a super flex dynasty league to fill a spot. If everyone wants three quarterbacks going in, if one of these guys is your three, you're fine. Like it's good to have that sort of depth. I think most of these guys should be starters barring injury for most of the season. Although we'll see how things go with the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them suddenly had a a rookie looking over their shoulder, but I don't know. I I don't have much hope that these guys are going to redeem themselves and be seen as like average NFL starting quarterbacks. And that's more than fair, you know, and you're a Bears fan. So not surprising that Trubisky. Hey, 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 (laughs) talk about firing shots. JK, JK, you just live in Chicago. (laughs) JK, JK. But uh, I mean, look, you you did get to see Trubisky twice a year. You probably look god awful against Green Bay, right? So, you know. Uh, I, I understand there it it's kind of the same thing that I do with Baker is I look at him and I just go, ugh, yeah, no thanks. Right. So uh but the the one thing uh so I feel like Trubisky and Mariota are kind of the same skill set-ish, you know, but I think that you know, Mariota goes into a situation with a bad run game without a number one wide receiver, only a, a second year tight end is your main target that you're throwing the ball to, uh, versus Trubisky with you know the Matt Canada offense that's going to change a lot than what we saw from Roethlisberger he's got Deontay he's got Najee uh they they already got two new pieces on that line at center with uh Cole and a guard with Daniels uh your boy uh James Daniels another Chicago Bear so uh JK JK of course but um you know uh I think that the pieces are there for Trubisky where they aren't for Mariota. Uh, Mariota, better runner, and he may just have to break that out. So that that may end up being the thing that that boosts Mariota if he does take a big uh, jump this year. But, you know, ifs and buts and candies and nuts and all that stuff. So uh, let's go down to the running backs here and um, a decent amount of running back movement. Uh, we have um, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds Signed with the Dolphins. James Conner back to Arizona. Fournette back with the Bucks. 
Cordell Patterson back to Atlanta. Damian Williams signed there as well. Rashad Penny back to Seattle as the main pieces here. Uh, now, John, for in terms of Mostert and Chase Edmonds, this is a very interesting scenario here because who is the number one back? They signed Edmonds first, but Mostert has experience with uh, McDaniel from San Francisco. So uh, for me, I move Mostert to 38. I moved Edmonds from 34 to 37, so I have them right next to each other. I gave a little edge to Edmonds for being the priority free agent out of these two. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe Mostert is more the first, second down guy. They just like Chase Edmonds for what he brings a little bit more. But uh, what do you think in terms of the Dolphins' backfield here? I think it's Mostert until it isn't. And that's like he's got an injury history like when he gets the carries he's fantastic with him but he isn't able to sustain it so i've got him in that that in, in a similar range i've got him down at uh rb40 because i know i'm not going to get a full season out of him but i do think um i do think he's going to lead like he's going to be the one two thumper and i think that uh you know he'll give way at some point so I've got him in the same range. I've got him right there at, uh, like you said, right right around 38 is where I have him. So, gotcha. yeah, in, in a similar tier, but I do think Raheem Moser gets the first crack at it. Uh, Fitz, your thoughts on this Dolphins backfield. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, I kind of wish they would have signed one thumper, like just get Leonard Fournette in there and be done with it. But they're going with the, the dual system, which is what San Francisco has been known for, which is what McDaniel brings over. And would it totally shock you guys if they drafted a no, running back wouldn't no, shock me at all. all. So for that reason, I've, I've got Edmonds down at running back 37 and Mostert running back 71. I just cannot gin up any enthusiasm. Look at Bogman's <laughs> eyes get wide when I 71, say that. But I mean, my goodness, you guys. So he turns 30 on April 9th. He's going to be 30. He can't stay healthy. We've already seen that. That's not going to improve. I don't think as he hits his 30s. And like he's not going to be a lead back. Maybe okay. he is the uh, gets a, a plurality of the work, a majority of the work. Um, but we know he's going to share with Edmonds and possibly a draft pick. So I'm just not enthusiastic about Mostert at all. Like I just don't know how many more starts <clears throat> you're going to be giving him in your dynasty league. So can you on. just give me like give me the three guys ahead of Mostert that you have on that list? Oh, so uh, first of all, let's I mean, I should stipulate that a lot of the dudes that I've got ahead of him are rookies. Rookies. Right, okay. So well, there that are, makes sense. There's probably like 15 fair. guys. So, you know, th that are going to be drafted that and you may just have all of them if you don't think most are going to do much. So uh, the the 71 ranking as eye popping as it is, uh, it, I understand with so many rookies in there. I just um because i just want to like do you have like kenne naguanu i had it like guy's gonna do nothing like most are will at least give you like 10 games this year i feel like interesting I'm, i might have naguanu ahead hold on i'm calling it up right now uh, <laughs> i should oh i should ask you to have this ready to go before this is my bad this is this is uh yeah. you know fantasy pros on the fly here so. It's it's funny though, Niguanu, I know is right in that neighborhood, but here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, and I know you like him. That's why that's the name I picked out. You know, it's just not, you know, it would take three guys to get hurt for him to do something. Now, if uh the Dolphins draft a big back, if they draft Brees Hall or something, then I don't think Edmonds that's this is why I have Edmonds one spot ahead of Mostert as of now. I think Edmonds doesn't move, his role doesn't change. 
but it goes way down for uh for Mostert. So I would probably move him in that range if they draft someone they just haven't yet. That's all. All right. So I am a sucker for youth, Boggs. And so the four <laughs> running backs I have directly ahead of Raheem Mostert are uh Kene Nwangwu, Chris <laughs> Evans, and then two pass catchers, Naheem Hines and JD McKissick. Okay. Ma- Hines and McKissick, I'm not gonna fight you on. But uh Naguano and Chris Evans are just they're two spots behind here. So, you know, P Ryan, uh, they loved, I don't know. Chris Evans should be better than P Ryan. I, I agree with you there underutilized yes. Michigan a- as well. Uh, Naguano is probably better than most hurt, but he's just, he's so far behind here. So, um, uh, okay, look, I, I get it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight for most hurt that hard because as soon as I fight for him, the guy's gonna, you know, break his stuff and, and not come back. So, uh, it wouldn't be that shocking. But. No, it's, it's definitely, there's a philosophical difference at work. You're more of a bird yes. in the hand guy. I'm more the wish upon a star guy. And, and maybe, you know, you're more pragmatic here. And a lot of people I think would side with your way of, of roster building there. But, um, yeah, to me, I just think, you know, Mostert's looking at like a one or two year window of, of possibly being productive and the possibly with is with the big asterisk of his yeah. injury history. And, uh, you know, he's very he's true. made out of glass. So very true. Uh, James Conner uh, going back to Arizona with Edmonds gone. I moved him up two spots from 30 to 28. Now, uh, I've said this many, many times. I love James Conner, but I have friend zoned him. Because I watched him in Pittsburgh. He he gets hurt so often. It's not his fault. His body went through a lot when he had cancer, obviously. Um, but he's a guy that you can get about 225 touches out of. But if you're Pittsburgh and you put that in the first eight weeks of the season because you only go with one back, he breaks down. I thought him with Edmonds was perfect. I feel like I'd be happier with Connor if the Cardinals bring in someone or draft someone that can be a B back to his A. You know what I mean? So that's why I didn't move him up a lot. I know a lot of people are excited about Edmonds being gone and him uh, getting a full workload, but I just don't think he can last with 300 touches. I think 250 is probably an absolute max for him. John, where do you you have Connor, and did you move him a lot or a little after uh, Edmonds is gone? Uh, Just a little, but I wasn't as high on him. I know everybody wants to look at the... uh, insane amount of touchdowns he got versus the carries and and when you have a number that's that skewed uh carry count versus touchdowns like i get nervous so i didn't have him as as high as some other people had him to begin with so i've got him down at uh rb32 uh he's he's kind of sharing a range with damian harris who also scored like 15 touchdowns last year so (laughs) yeah He's kind of in that same range, but Damian Harris is a little bit of youth on his side. And uh, yeah, I'm worried about the injury history. I'm worried about him getting a full workload. We know he can be a good back. We know that he can catch passes. We know that he's actually really, really good on the goal line. He's fantastic on the goal line. The skill set's there. The skill set is there. It's just it's nagging injuries, and he Mm -hmm. tries to play through some of them, and that usually ends up making one bad week or one missed week turn into to a stretch of three games of subpar performance. And then just, it, it hasn't been enough for me to move the needle up a lot. Uh, Fitz, your thoughts on James Connor. Yeah. I have long been a James Connor skeptic, but last year I was really encouraged by what we saw when Edmonds got hurt at mid season. And we got five games of Connor having the load all to himself. And he caught 24 passes over a five game stretch 
after barely being targeted in the passing game the first seven or eight games where Edmonds was playing. So, yes, there is a, a worrisome injury history. Yes, there's going to be someone else there taking the load, whether it's Eno Benjamin or someone they draft. Maybe it'll be Rashad White staying in Arizona, going from Arizona <laughs> State to the Cardinals and, and complimenting. They get the full Sun Devils That's back right. Here. That's right. Um, so there's going to be a, someone helping him out. And I'd, I would be kind of nervous about his longevity, too, if he was a pure lead back. But I like that we saw he can be a pass catcher. And hopefully the Cardinals haven't forgotten about that and don't just completely pull him on all obvious passing situations. But even so, I think they're going to maybe work him into the passing game more on early downs after what he did for them last year. So I've got him up at 29. And that you're high on him because you've got rookies in your rankings too. So you are high man, but three of us, I mean, ECR, I know someone's got him at like 14 or whatever. So, uh, but, but between the three of us, you are higher on him. Um, now I'm like crazy drug high on Leonard Fournette. So I have him at 20. He re-signed with the bucks, which is what I thought he was going to do. I left him at 20, um, with, uh, Cordell Patterson, I didn't move him at all. Uh, going back to Atlanta, I think is a good spot for him. There's going to be a lot of work for him in the backfield and receiving. So I like that for him. I moved Damian Williams from the nineties to the sixties. Just, I think he was nothing before. And if he signed somewhere and was a backup, he was probably going to be nothing. I think Atlanta gives him a little shed of light, just a teeny tiny shed of light. Um, they draft someone. He's probably going to go right back down to the 90s for me. Uh, so um, uh, and then the other one here would be Rashad Penny. I moved him up to 39 from 47. I'll be honest with you all. I I'm probably never going to draft Rashad Penny. I cannot take the injuries. He drive me crazy. Uh, I know he had a huge end uh, of the season. I can't do it. I think it's fool's gold. I won't touch him. John, uh, your thoughts between. Uh, Fournette, Cordero, the Atlanta situation, and Rashad Penny. Uh, let's see. Fournette, I didn't move a whole lot. I've got him in that late 20s. He's right at RB28 on my list. So he didn't move a whole lot for me. He's still uh, he's coming off one of his best seasons, but he's still he's he's hitting that running back cliff. He's in that 27, you know, 28-year-old range. So I didn't feel right moving him up with uh, a, a new class coming in. So I didn't move the needle too much on him. Cordero Patterson, talking about old guys that still want to run the rock. <laughs> uh, he's down in the forty uh, RB44 is where I have him right now. And I do have uh, some of the rookies in my running backs. Okay. Um, Oh, you, yeah, yeah you, quarterbacks, you no, but, right. but yeah, but I've got kind of the top handful in there just to kind of clarify. So, uh, yeah, he's going to retain a role. I, I mean, actually, he's he's going to be whatever they want him to be right now. I mean, yeah. if, if he could line up under center, they're going to do that, too, because they have nothing else to go with. <laughs> so I'm not worried about his workload. Um, who's the other one I'm missing? Rashad, uh, Penny, Rashad Penny. I, yeah. yeah, I've got him right at RB40. Okay. Again, someone else. That, I got him at 39. That's he good was, spot for him, I think. He was awesome in that stretch last year. Um, that was incredible to see. It was fun to watch, but there's no way I'm trusting him going forward. Um, I'll let I'll let him be someone else's roster headache. Mm -hmm. Uh, and who's the the last one I missed? I think that's all of them. I was I talked about Damian Williams, but I, you know, I understand if you didn't oh, move Damian Williams. He's he, he's down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that sounds about right. Yeah, on that, Damian Williams. The I mean, any other situation, and I don't move him. But Atlanta is like, 
desperate. They got to draft someone, right. but they have so many holes. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't draft a running back just because they have so many holes on that on that roster. Uh, Fitz, your thoughts between Fournette, Patterson, and Penny here? Oh man, Fournette and Penny are such guy hard guys to handle. Like I love Fournette's situation with Tom Brady coming back and being in full check down mode again, not wanting to get hit as a man in his mid forties, which I will not blame him for at all. <laughs> not at and all. making Fournette this immensely valuable pass catcher as he was last year. It was just a perfect storm for Fournette and it results in an RB one season. And I think we could maybe see that again this year yet. I've got him running back 35 because I do think as John mentioned, we're coming close to the age cliff. Fournette is definitely playing the back nine in his career, I think it's fair to say. So one more year of possibly very considerable value. And after that, who knows, man, who knows what's behind door number three. So Penny the same way, just the, the frustrations of repeated injuries. And all of a sudden it all came together from last year and he looked spectacular. Like if we had gotten a full season of that earlier in his career dynasty owners would be chasing the dragon uh <laughs> as they say for you know like they would have been doing it for years it would have been like um i don't know josh just, gordon i mean exactly josh gordon yes is the, the perfect the ultimate dragon yep right like people thinking seven years later that josh gordon was going to come <laughs> back and and light it on fire again so he's lighting something on fire <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry that one was too easy that was like a t-ball it was a layup yeah yeah, yeah oh, that man. Was, that so, was just a tip in right there yeah so i've got penny like at 37 to who knows what's gonna happen and the the seattle offense just like is looking bleak and speaking of bleak the atlanta offense i mean patterson patterson's in his 30s and playing in a garbage offense i just can't get excited like he's running back 52 I mean, I love his story. I love his crazy skill set, but like he could have a really good season and score four touchdowns. You know, it always, it's just it always makes me laugh. I just remember reading a ESPN the magazine article on Cordero Patterson, and a scout described him as the most confident dumb person I've ever met. And I just there's such a funny quote. And it fits, you know, the guy didn't work for, um, didn't work for Minnesota. Not, it, he never didn't work because of skill. We saw it. It's there. Uh, it's just the, um, the know-how and the want to have been a little rough. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on Cordero. He's, he's a tough, he's a tough guy to pin down because the age as well. Right. And I won't uh, I won't waste listeners' time on on Damian Williams. Let's oh, just my, say he's ranked my well, bad. well behind uh, Raheem Mostert as the uh, uh, you know the poor man's Mike Davis. I guess I uh, I agree with that. Uh, other guys that signed McKissick back to Washington after that Buffalo weirdness. Yeah, that was weird. It was so strange. Uh, but I mean, I, back to Washington is fine. Uh, Deontay Foreman signed with Carolina. James White. Back to New England, Coleman back to the Jets, Amir Abdullah to the Raiders, Brandon Bolden also to the Raiders, Boston Scott back in Philly, Dontrell Hilliard back to Tennessee, Trenton Cannon signed there as well, Darrington Evans, uh, Evans waived by Tennessee, uh, but signed with Chicago, Royce Freeman back to Houston, uh, Dario Goomba Wally signed by, signed by them as well, Duke Johnson was the McKissick replacement, even though McKissick was never really there, Matt Breida signed with the Giants, and there's some good free agents still on the list here. Gordon, Ronald Jones, McKinnon, Daryl Williams, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Booker, Sony Michelle, Lat Murray, Gio Bernard, Carlos Hyde, Mar Marlon Mack, Jeff Wilson. Uh, there, so there's 
still a lot of movement left in the running back class here, John. Is there one guy that stands out to you, either signed or unsigned, that you uh, are moving up or want to move up? I want to move Ronald Jones up. Uh, I just I, I need to see him land in, in an offense that will give him 200 plus carries. Like, yeah. here you go. Like, we want to give you this. I think he's Atlanta got, would be perfect. That's one of the, the I would love that. That's one of the places that I would dream for him to go because he will get the work. And that's that's what he needs. Like, I still believe I stupidly still believe in that guy, even though Bruce Arians can't stay. I don't know if he kicked Bruce Arians dog. I don't know what it's the just deal Bruce was. Arians are running backs. Dude, I mean, it's it's bad, but um, he's one I want to move up. I'm hesitant to do so because we don't know where he's going to be. And if he's just going to be, you know, holding Leonard Fournette's towel, you know, for the season, <laughs> then I'm not interested in, in rostering him too much or, or making a big deal about it. But he's someone I want to see. The rest of them kind of kind of fall into that, fall into the cracks between some of these other guys we've talked about. There's there's yeah. not anyone there that really moves the needle for me one way or the other. They're depth pieces on big dynasty rosters and somewhere that, between Damian Williams and Rashad Penny. Yeah. So. You <laughs> shuffle them up there. However you see fit and kind of, kind of move. Uh, Fitz, does anyone here stand out to, to you? For me, it's just Melvin Gordon and where he signs, uh, you know, that that's, that's the big piece, but uh, everything else, like John said, is kind of just uh, fillers. Yeah. You hit on it, Bogman, the everyone's favorite party spoiler, Melvin Gordon, the guy who, <laughs> takes the stick out of the kid's hand as they're about to hit the pinata you know like he he ruined the party for javante williams last year you know he's gonna ruin someone else's coming out party this year you know whose party is gonna ruin is rojo's gonna end up somewhere and then they're gonna sign melvin gordon oh wow (laughs) i was just thinking what if the cardinals sign melvin gordon like uh, like boom there it is yeah the james Conner love just would sink like a stone poof gone uh, we're going to go to wide receivers here, which is going to be the meat of the show here. There's so many wide receivers uh, moving or staying. But uh, before we get there, I got to tell you about Reality Sports Online, who sponsors this podcast. Like I said at the beginning, this podcast is brought to you by Reality Sports Online. Uh, they uh, By now, most of you have probably heard of them. Uh, they are the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go and see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary camp functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy than I think you uh, are among the fantasy elite here. Give it a whirl. Go ahead and uh, put your metal to it. Uh, still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free, FRWE, in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Now, wide receivers, obviously the biggest move, so I'll keep this separate from all the other gigantic moves. Uh, Devontae Adams traded to the, Ra- uh, the Raiders. I am keeping him at eight. I didn't move him. Um, I understand people that want to move him down. I may move him down in the overall, but I didn't move him among wide receivers. John, uh, with this Devontae Adams trade going, you know, obviously you take a a tick back 
in terms of quarterback going from Aaron Rodgers down to Derek Carr. But Derek Carr is still a pretty damn good quarterback. So uh, did you move him down at all? Because I don't think anyone moved him up because of this trade. No, I'm, I moved him down one spot. Um, so basically he flip-flopped with Debo Samuel for me. Okay. Um, and it's just a downgraded quarterback. Like quality of targets is is a big deal and the relationship and rapport was there. And I think he's going to see a healthy target share, but they're a little bit different targets. So I did move him down one spot, nothing egregious, but uh, I, I do think his best fantasy days may be behind him, but yeah. not drastically. I think he's still going to be a, a really high end producer. He's going to, he's going to land in wide receiver one territory for me. So not, not a drastic move. Fitz uh, for Devonte Adams. I mean, guy averaged 21.52 PPR points per game last season uh Debo 21.32 Cooper Cup 25.85 these are the only three guys that average over 20 points so um you know I still have him at eight just because of the age um I have him just ahead of guys like uh Jalen Waddell and um uh in DK Metcalf and uh T Higgins those are the guys that I have right behind him I uh I have him behind Hill Brown Lamb Samuel Cup uh, and Jefferson and Chase. So, uh, did you did you move Devonte at all? And how sad, as a actual Packer fan, uh, were you to see Devonte Adams go? I'm sad for sure. Um, he and Rogers had rare chemistry, and certainly one of the more exciting pitch and catch combos in recent memory and in Packer history, I dare say. So I've got him dropped from like wide receiver six to wide receiver nine. I've got him just behind Cooper Cup. I think Cup and Adams are kind of similar cases where maybe they are where they are, not because they're not going to be valuable in 2022, but because they are going to be a harder sell now, I think, in dynasty trades because of their, you know, they're at, the, at least at the halfway point of their careers, probably. Still very valuable guys, and I think it's going to help that Carr and Adams played together at Fresno State, where they put up some pretty freakish numbers when they were together. I mean, Adams had like 230-some receptions in those two years, so they're familiar with each other's games. Maybe that will smooth things a bit for Adams this year, but yeah, I've got him below some of the young guns, Higgins, Waddle, A.J. Brown, Samuel, uh cats like that so yeah that's very understandable and and i'll say this for you at least he got this uh wave goodbye to Devonte adams when antonio brown went crazy i didn't get to say goodbye you know he's just gone <laughs> so exactly. uh for a, a late pick and then the raiders ended up cutting him before he even played there so uh just a weird weird story but um, and, and can i say one quick thing box sure, from the, the packer fan perspective i think a lot of people are going to focus on the wide receivers and whoever they sign or draft their value is going to go through the roof. If they draft Chris Olave or Traylon Burks or, you know, Sky Moore, whoever it is, that is the ideal landing spot. And people are going to go gaga over whoever winds up in the Packers receiver room. But I think because it's not going to be as good a receiver situation, how could it be post Devante that people are going to overlook the fact that the Packers are going to adjust. They're going to run the ball more. They're going to throw to their backs more. They're going to throw to their tight ends more. So the real gainers here, I think, are Dylan and Aaron Jones, A.J. Dylan, Aaron Maybe Jones. Even Tunyon, yeah. Even Robert Tunyon, who I think is just another guy. Like, he is 
the ultimate jag, just a guy. <laughs> but man, he is in a great situation and, you know, he's not going to have a, a 20% touchdown rate anymore, he's but good hands. Yeah. he does have good hands. So like I could see a TE1 outcome for him in, in 2022. So, so let's uh, knock the rest of these out by threes here. Cause there's so many. Uh, Chris Godwin re-upped with the Bucks. Um, I moved him one spot over Terry McLaurin from 15 to 14. Uh, Juju signed with the Chiefs. I think it's just a great uh, spot for him. I moved him up from 25 to 19. And Calvin Ridley suspended for a year. Uh, obviously the bigger dropper, uh, biggest dropper. I had him from 24 down to 51. I put him behind OBJ because we're at least going to maybe get something at the end of the season from OBJ after tearing his knee in the Super Bowl. So, John, your thoughts on those three between Godwin, Juju, and Calvin Ridley? Yeah, Godwin I didn't move a whole lot. Um, I think he stays in a good spot, so he's right in that wide receiver 17 for me. Uh, I like him there. He's just ahead of Terry McLaurin, and those two are the two I keep flip-flopping um uh, juju i i actually like this one so this may not be everybody's favorite spot i know a lot of people on twitter are quick to talk about like the wide receiver too in kansas city it doesn't pan out and what i think the difference there is they've had this recipe for a while and that recipe was smaller guys that are really really fast and we're going to shove them on the perimeter, and that's how we're going to make this work. And the best of the bunch over the last couple of years was actually Sammy Watkins, which is almost a joke in itself these days. But you've got Juju, who's a completely different skill set, who can operate over the middle of the field. I think this is a good spot for him. I liked him. I actually moved him up uh, a little bit. He's in that wide receiver 40 range for me, which is that that area of people I'm not sure what to do with yet. Your people like your Michael Thomas, your Kadarius Tonys, your like I know there's something there, but not sure yet. So he's right, right in that range for me. Calvin Ridley, I'm not sure what to do with him. <laughs> yeah, I keep moving him around. Like I know the talent's there. I know that if he were to come back to relevant football, that he would have a healthy target share. But I mean, it's going to be a year him- and a half by the time he gets back. Right, right. And I've got him down at uh, wide receiver 56-ish, I think is where I've got him. Um, so we've just, all got him in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't rightly put him anywhere else right now. Uh, yeah, Fitz, your thought on those three between uh, Godwin, Juju, and Ridley? Yeah, Ridley leaving the team in midseason and then the gambling thing and then tweeting about the gambling thing after he's done instead of just kind of shutting his mouth. and Decision-making like, on Madden went way Yeah, down. this, is, this <laughs> is just not a good sign. So he's at like down, you know, down the 50s and I'm not buying the dip. Godwin, I think he's going to be fine after Brady is gone. Um, you know, maybe like the fact that he's coming back from this injury – is bad for his immediate value, but you know, the Brady return certainly helps him. So maybe misses a few games, but like he's he's going to be fine. The interesting guy to me is Juju. I was in an industry best ball draft last night. Uh, I was teeing up Juju, and I think early in the seventh round, like I had my sights set on him. Thought I was going to get him because I had already taken Patrick Mahomes, and. He went and I wound up having to settle for Brandon Ayuk. So this was redraft, but tell me, who would you guys rather have uh, for 2022? Maybe beyond, since they have pretty similar ages, Ayuk or Juju? 
Mm, that's it. I mean, for me, it's Juju. I'm I'm a Juju guy, really? but yeah, I mean, uh, Juju is. You got to remember, Juju's still like, I think he's 25, 15, 25? 15 months older than than Ayuk. He's not that much older, right? Than, right. than Ayuk, and he has way more experience. And I think people people don't realize how bad Ben Roethlisberger has been. Like there was the year he missed, and then he was bad. So it's been subpar QB play for Juju. Uh, obviously, he was much better with Antonio Brown next to him, but now he's got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and one of the best quarterbacks ever with Patrick Mahomes with him when he's on. So um, I'm super excited for what Juju can do in this Chiefs offense. And I think it was very smart of him to sign a one-year deal, go put up eye-popping numbers, and then he's going to try to get that uh, huge number, which is what he was trying to do in Pittsburgh. But obviously, you know, Ben being as bad as he was and Juju not staying healthy didn't do him any favors. So um, I've got Juju ahead of Ayuk. John, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I I would actually lean Ayuk there. I'm I'm a big Ayuk guy. I love what I've seen when he's not in the doghouse. Um, like when he's actually being targeted and part of the offense, I, I like his the guy is always hunting for that extra yard. And I like that. So I have Ayuk ahead of him. Uh, by a little bit but but that being said i i think this is a good opportunity for juju i really do i know he's the third option that's not a bad thing because he's going to play a different style than all the other wide receiver twos that they brought in and and covering that middle of the field like that and being able to 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 get some separation in the short to intermediate routes i think he's going to do just fine i think he's going to have weekly flex value plus he's going to have a few spike games in the season because of the quarterback he's paired to i think it's a good spot for him i really do uh, the next batch that we'll talk about here, um, we got Amari Cooper signed with the Rams. I moved him up from 49 to 41. Amari Cooper traded the Browns for a fifth and a sixth, which is just weird. Um, I did move him down initially from 26 to 33. I haven't, I haven't made the response move to getting Deshaun back. I still do think they're going to throw the ball less in Cleveland because they have the two great backs and a strong defense than they did in Dallas. So I'm probably going to leave him right where I have him at 33. Um, and then um, uh, Mike Williams re-signed with the Chargers. I kind of thought he was going to, uh, so I didn't move him really at all. So, John, your thoughts on A-Rob, Amari Cooper, and Mike Williams. Yeah, A-Rob, I didn't do a whole – I moved him up just a little bit. Um, let me see where I have him on my list here. Uh, because I do think he's going to step right into uh, a healthy role there. I've got him right in the wide receiver 37 is where I have 37. him 37, right okay. So we're in the same range. So, yeah, so I've got him right there. Um, I think he's going to be fine there. Um, last year – is makes it tough to move past. I mean, there's still a sour taste about how last year went, but uh, I think he'll be fine there with uh, probably the best quarterback he's played with so far. So that's good. Amari Cooper. Um, I've got him. I, I'm a little more bullish on him. I think he's going to get the target share that he's been lacking for a long time. So I've got him up at 30. Uh, not a bad spot for him. And that is kind of, he, his is waffling up and down a little bit as we don't know the like how the Watson thing is going to play out. Um, and then Mike Williams, uh, let's see where to put him. I don't, I didn't move him. Yeah. I left I him right where he was because I expected, I was hoping I didn't say expecting I'm a chargers fan. So I didn't expect them to do the <laughs> smart thing, but they did this time, which is pretty awesome. 
but uh, I was hoping for it. So yeah, I've got him right where I had him before. And I think he's, he's going to retain that role and, and can only get better with, uh, with Herbert as he develops. So he's 31 for me. So I have him in the thirties as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fitz, what do you, what do you think between um, Robinson Coop and Williams? Yeah, I've got Williams 33 and that's with a small handful of the top rookies in this class ahead of him. Cooper, I really didn't change him that much. Like some people seem to think it was a downgrade, but I don't know. Prescott to Watson seems like kind of a lateral move, and now he's going to have less target competition. I think he's going to be more of a pure alpha with Cleveland. It's true the Browns might not pass quite as much as the Cowboys, but so I've I've got Cooper like wide receiver 30 now. That's fair. Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. A-Rob 43, getting a little older, not going to be an alpha anymore. Yes, he is playing with uh, a, a guy who's better than Blake Bortles or Mitchell Trubisky, but... <laughs> no Blake Bortles slander. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cooper Cup is is aboard there. Maybe they, they still sign, re-sign OBJ, who knows. So, um, you know, 43, I, I think, is fair. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a bump from where I had him before he landed in that situation, which I think was a good outcome for him. And there's so many more other uh, wide receiver moves. So anybody you guys want to talk about here, uh, Robert Woods traded the Titans for a six-round pick. DJ Shark signed a one-year deal with the Lions. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones both got way too much money from the Jaguars. Great. Cedric Wilson to the Dolphins. Gallup re-signed. And James Washington also signed with the Cowboys. Jameson Crowder with the Bills. Russell Gage to the Bucks. Ray Ray McLeod to the Niners. Uh, the Bears signed, you know, Byron Pringle and Equinamia St. Brown, apparently for their special teams. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, some, for some reason, went back to the Jags after they signed Kirk and Zay Jones and have Marvin Jones and still have LaVisca on that roster. Uh, Pascal went to the Eagles. Higgins to the Panthers. Uh, and then we still have some big free agents, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Cole Beasley, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, and Sammy Watkins, all free agents. So, John, your thoughts on any of the rest of those guys? I think the Pascal one is is the one that strikes me as being kind of interesting because at first my knee-jerk reaction was, yeah, and? But the more <laughs> I thought about it, like what we've seen out of Jalen Rager uh, over the last couple of years, I th- think he's got a shot to be an impact player there yeah um i think he i think he's going to be a solid wide receiver for jalen hurts so i think that's an interesting move um what what are the jags doing uh, any no anybody that operates overspending the, yeah anybody that operates that position that part of the field that's who we're signing um i know zay jones is a little bit different but they they signed um a tight end too um yeah they they signed uh, evan ingram so. Evan Ingram, yeah, yeah. So again, you've got a guy that runs short to intermediate routes. You've got Lavisca Chenault bringing competition. I don't understand it. Um, Christian Kirk, uh, they paid him so much money. You have to think that he's going to be part of the game plan. But I don't know that I'm that invested with what they kind of spent on him. Other than that, a lot of those moves were um, not overly exciting. I guess didn't really re- result in bumping people up too much. Gallup is is good where he's at uh doesn't really move the needle for me too many ways there so yeah i think the rest of them are are kind of just hovering around where they were before uh and fits your thoughts on any of the rest of these wide receivers here yeah play taps for the fantasy valley of robert woods and dj shark i think sharks <laughs> yeah. sharks a guy i really like but now like his youth is going to be wasted i think while detroit figures it out at the quarterback position and he's got like a lot of guys ahead of him in the target pecking order with swift hawkinson st brown and woods 
like Woods had this low end wide receiver one value with the Rams, but that was kind of before the cup breakout happened. And now he goes to a run heavy team with a worse quarterback and he's not a young guy anymore. So I think he's like, is he 30 now? He's 30, isn't he? think this is going to be his age 30 season age 30 season not totally sure about that the one guy uh of of the uh you know host of other guys you mentioned who jumped like 30 spots for me although that still only put him like in the 70s i think was uh james washington with the cowboys suddenly becomes kind of interesting there we'll see how that goes i mean i don't like fly routes and curl routes yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't know if there's any <laughs> star power there, but maybe in that offense, uh, he could be at least, you know, an interesting guy. I mean, any you add Dak with anyone, and yeah. uh, it's it's positive for sure, especially going from Ben uh, to to Dak. Uh, the tight ends, I'm just gonna uh, run through them real quick, and if anyone stands out, because it's not a ton of tight end movement here. Uh, Mike Kosicki and Dalton Schultz signed their franchise tags. I didn't move either one of them. Uh, CJ Uzama goes to the Jets, which is a bummer. Evan Ingram signed with the Jags, which is just weird. Uh, Hooper went to the Titans, which could be nice. Noah Fant uh, traded to Seattle in the Wilson deal. Gerald Everett signed with the Chargers. Uh, Hayden Hurst with the Bengals, which could be nice for him. Tanya with the Packers, Ricky Seals-Jones with the Giants, O.J. Howard with the Bills, and Hollister with the Raiders. And there's a couple free agents Ebron, Rudolph, Jarwin, uh, James Cook, uh, all still free agents here. But, um, uh, John, your thoughts on any of these tight ends? As a Chargers fan, I think the Everett one is going to fly under the radar. I think he's going to have, like, some uh, some touchdown appeal there. He's always kind of played around or behind somebody. Uh, he did pretty well last season. I think he's a guy that can do everything pretty good while not necessarily being excellent in anything. So he's kind of a, a guy I'm willing to take a stab at late or package in a trade or something like that. Um, I like the Hayden Hurst move. I think that's going to give him an opportunity to uh, to grow a little bit. Uh, he's still young enough that there's still some developmental things that, that can improve. But I think he's someone I'm, I'm definitely watching, someone I'll, I'll move up probably a little bit. I haven't adjusted my tight ends uh, lately, so I, I don't want to say where I'm going to put him yet. But he's going to move up a little bit for me. I think he's in a good spot. So he's he's one of the ones I'd mention. Fitz, your thoughts on any of these tight end moves? Yeah, in a vacuum, I think CJ Uzama is better than Hayden Hurst, but with the changing situations, I'd rather have Hurst in yeah. Dynasty, no question. And the one that really sticks out to me is Dalton Schultz, because if he would have gone somewhere else, I think his value would have absolutely cratered in Dynasty. Instead, not only does he come back to the Cowboys, but he comes back to a Cowboys team that no longer has Amari Cooper. Yeah. And so, like, it's true. It's not going to be hard <laughs> for him to get the same sort of target load he had last year, I think. So that really is going to preserve Schultz's value and, and keep him in that tight end one range. I'm going to take credit for uh, Fitz moving up Dalton Schultz in his range. <laughs> After from, we from argued about the, this, the tight end I, episode, I concede. So. <laughs> I'll say uncle Bogman. I'll say uncle. I'll, I'll, I'll just take credit for that, of course. But uh, guys, I mean, a lot of movement and we still have a lot of movement. And guess what? There's going to be way more adjustments after the NFL draft as well. So uh, the the football world never dies. It is a 24-7, 365 uh, landscape that we're dealing with here. And there has been a lot of fluctuation just from guys moving teams. So um, it's a lot different in baseball in that sense to where, you know, you may move guys in baseball up, down a little bit because of the lineups and the scenarios and the playing time. 
But uh, football, you know, if, if you have a good quarterback behind a crappy line with crappy wide receivers, he's not a good quarterback, you know? So it's just so much context is weighed in on these guys. And uh, luckily, uh, we got to go through a big chunk of them here with John. John, thank you. And please let everyone know where they can find all your great work and what you have coming up. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, John underscore Hesterman. And uh, I've got uh, most of my off-season stuff is with DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I do expect to be back and doing um, more uh, DFS stuff with Fantasy Pros next season. I'll also be doing some best ball work with them coming up soon, I think. So, yeah, you can find me on, on DynastyLeagueFootball.com and some of my stuff on Fantasy Pros. Fitz at Fitz underscore FF. What is coming up for you, my friend? Working on those rankings and, um, you know, just getting ready for a dynasty draft kit rollout in early April. That's going to be a uh, something that dynasty managers will not want to miss. Yeah, I've got uh, IDPs due this weekend for that as well. I also have uh, this podcast, of course, Fantasy Pros, Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. You can hear me over on In This League uh, for baseball. It is currently Hell Week for the Welsh and I, where we do a show every single day. We did CI on Monday, MI on Tuesday, Outfield on Wednesday. We're going to come with starting pitcher and overall ranks this week as well. We'll get relievers and catchers in there somewhere like anything matters with those guys. But, uh, you know, all of that stuff, plus, you know, see if you winning edge and sports grid and all that good stuff at Boggy Sports. Just find me on all the stuff. If we're somehow still alive in the baseball pods in this league, please vote for us that we really appreciate that. But uh, we were losing to Roto-Wire by like one percent the last time I looked. So I don't think we're going to make it through today, but we'll see. But that is going to wrap it up for us. We hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 